Welcome to Howl with the Pack. I'm, my name is Roman, and I'm joined today with my co-founder, Marcel, and we have Jason here, a.k.a. CLT Swish. And why don't you go ahead and tell us a lot more about what you do, Jason? Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you guys in the seminar, I think, last fall. Mm -hmm. glad, Mar glad Marcel reached out for this opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm the general manager of the Charlotte Phoenix, which is a pro esports org here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it resides as a company underneath Charlotte Esports LLC. It's kind of the umbrella company of something we're trying to build here in the city um, with pro stuff with there we have a company that does like high school recruiting stuff for colleges college esports <laughs> among a few other things so to kind of narrow it down um kind of the pro pro side of things over here uh, scouting teams and players and and all that jazz um especially about that i know that in the past you have done tournaments so is that also within the llc or yeah that was actually the that was the original company, uh, Charlotte Esports or CLT Esports was founded in fall of 2018 and we were like an mm -hmm. events company. So we've run lands for Call of Duty, mm -hmm. uh, small Fortnite, some Rocket League, little Halo, um, just kind of dabbled in a few things and that was our bread and butter for a good while. And then the Charlotte Phoenix, the pro org was founded in the summer of 2019 and that's where we branched off into that side of things as well mm. Mm -hmm. i was on your youtube and i noticed that a lot of the videos from the tournaments were from a year ago so that that makes sense right there this around when you branched off but the uh the videos were were well done and i was very impressed uh the tournaments looked like a lot of fun too especially even i know you guys ran and i don't know if it was maybe a different division or there was even high school tournaments and college tournaments as well yeah, we ran a college-level Rocket League tournament here in North Charlotte, mm -hmm. and colleges from all over came. We had Akron, I know Florida State was there, Michigan, LSU. Um, some guys really packed up and and came a long way to come to that. <laughs> um, so it was it was a lot of fun. We did it in the back of an industrial warehouse, Whoa. and kind of mm -hmm. yeah, we kind of you know, outfitted it for a tournament with some good lighting, some backdrops um, to make it look good. But it had a great, great feel to it. Um, yeah, we hauled in a bunch of tables and PCs and, and got it set up the day before. And then the, the kids arrived the next day. We had an all-day college Rocket League tournament with casting and everything. So yeah, we've done it, done a little bit of everything so far. Mm -hmm. Which is not too bad. I mean, there's lots of stuff to do around gaming and esports, so... It's good Absolutely. to have seen everything uh, as a young entity. Um, let's start a little bit earlier, maybe. So uh, how you got into esports or at least into competitive gaming yourself as a, as a player. Yeah, absolutely. I have never competed on any notable pro level. Definitely mm -hmm. jumped into some smaller tournaments with uh, my brother and friends and Halo was the first love always will be <laughs> um started pretty much on launch in 2001 with halo one <laughs> at a friend's house mm. um you know we we grew up around video games but it wasn't exactly uh favored 
by our parents grew up very <laughs> traditionally <laughs> you know hard work dad was a hard-working blue-collar kind of guy yep. uh, mom was went to school to be an accountant so education was on the forefront of everything so gaming was really seen as a waste of time <laughs> um, it'll fry your brain mm -hmm. you know get outside which was fine we grew up outside almost constantly uh, but that sort of always tugged at us a little bit on the side so friend of ours kevin um he it was at his birthday party and he wired up his xbox and there was halo one and my brother and i got hooked on it uh ever since obviously um and just from one to the next uh, as they released you know really excited about each one that would come out and still waiting for infinite <laughs> to come out later this year really stoked <laughs> about that and um yeah, it just kind of progressed from there, and we jumped into other mainly shooter titles, Call of Duty, obviously, um, mm -hmm. being the other main one of the time. If you grew up, you played one of two shooters. It was Halo or Call of Duty. <laughs> if you grew up in the time that he and I did, and um, and Counter now... strike <laughs> I, I mean, we didn't grow it's up on, console, on PC. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's why it was PC. There was Condition Zero on PC. On, on xbox i remember yeah. yes. you could recruit people in your team <laughs> it was yeah. fun. we also had regular counter-strike on xbox yeah. as well i played it I, I remember this condition zero one where you recruit people and then you can have somebody who aims well that kind of stuff i take my yeah. friend and land party it up and i remember that i i we even got called out when the people could hear us uh after dying and we were spectating the other person and uh, they were calling out, they're, they're, they're fucking screen watching, they're screen watching. Uh, was, the, the classic excuse. Yeah, mm -hmm. glory days. I mean, of, that's a given. Screen, screen watching is, is a given, so you just got to learn to deal with it <laughs> at parties. So We were doing it online because we would take two TVs over and then hook our Xboxes up next to each other and both play on the same multiplayer match and then... That was yeah, that's bad. But screen watching on LAN is completely. I say that's fair. People say that's cheating, but come on. Yeah, veteran moves. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an extra extra bit of knowledge you're using. So <laughs> it adds a layer of skill as well because you have to if you're gonna break your concentration to look at other things and then come back like that can hamper your abilities. So technically, it's also a skill. <laughs> Oh, you ended up learning how to move on the map without looking at your screen necessarily. Yeah. Um, once you learn the map well enough and you're good on a controller or M and K, then you can just kind of look away and just venture around at will. Mm -hmm. And you grew up um, playing consoles. Was it in Charlotte or where did you grow up? Yes, um, born and raised here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. So okay. And um, yeah, really on console 100% until last year i got Ooh. a pc wow um and it was it, it wasn't for any particular reason probably financial would be the lead one but mm -hmm. also just um played mainly halo um and then apex has recently um come forth as my other favorite title right now but didn't really see the need and um again with you know, video games being not as present as maybe a lot of people you run into in the industry nowadays while we were growing up, just didn't see myself venturing out to other platforms like that. And 
even saying the same with other games. So admittedly, my spectrum of gaming is very, very narrow to mm-hmm. Halo, Call of Duty, now Apex, and a, a, a smattering of other other games uh, for a little bit. But, you know, when I get into something and I like it, I just I just stick with it. So in this position now and in working in it, it kind of benefits you to have a broader knowledge of some games and try out different things. So it's I've had to expand my horizons a little bit. At the same time, people expect us to know from every game and every scene. It's just right. impossible. There's too much stuff. People need to realize that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Like, oh, you don't know who the 20th best FIFA player is at the moment? Come on, you're in the esports yeah. consulting firm. Yeah, exactly. Why would <laughs> yeah, <okay. I? laughs> well, sure. let me just Let me just think back to knowing every player in every game real quick. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you yeah, but were... that's what the internet's for, too. <laughs> but this is probably before, a little bit before the internet was, like, huge. But, I mean... Back then, what, why, uh, if I may ask, did, you know, why tournaments and, well, or first of all, let me step backwards one sec and say, how did CLT start? Was it tournaments primarily or, or, or maybe was there something before CLT? Did you do anything else in esports before? Me personally, it was just, you know, casually gaming like at home when I had time mm-hmm. and, uh, my brother and friends and I would form up like a group of four and go out to Microsoft store tournaments mm. for Halo or at land parties or, you know, seriously sweating online and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that was before you know, we had a Microsoft store in Charlotte actually closed down um, here at one of our big malls down here. So that that stopped at one point. Um, but then leading into CLT, it was we felt like we were kind of limited in where we felt we could find opportunities to work in this industry because for the longest times you just heard of a few main cities it was like it was new york it was dallas la and i, I know orlando um, with full sail university down there and they i think they have a big esports arena down there too it mm-hmm. so there's only a, really a few cities in the united states where you could find a lot of good opportunity at least from my perspective at that time. And so for a long time, didn't really think about pursuing esports as, as a job or career. Like seriously, I thought about it sometimes, but seriously, I was like, ah, you know, what are the odds that, you know, a guy with as little experience in that industry from a work side, you know, what are my odds of even finding something if I'm not living in one of those places? And so what ended up happening was, I was working a couple jobs in the fall of 2018 and I just gotten off a shift at like target. Yeah. I came home from target. I picked up a seasonal job real quick to help meet, make the men's meet. And I don't know, it was a really bad shift and I was like getting all in my feels and, and upset with what my work situation was like. And so I literally sat on my couch and got on my computer and typed into Google. I typed in esports jobs in Charlotte. I was like, it, it, it's got to be happening at some point. Charlotte is a rapidly growing city. We're young out here, tech driven. I was like, it, esports has to make it here at some point. And literally, since those keywords, Charlotte and esports were in my search, charlotteesports.com popped up. And our founder at the time had just literally just started it 
a month prior, month or two, um, and sent them an email and explained who I was, why I was interested, and and why I wanted to see esports become a really big thing in the Charlotte area, and got started pretty quickly. Um, Josh Richardson, our founder, emailed me back, and. It started, as you asked earlier, Roman, it started with some small tournaments. There was a small land center here in one of our subdivisions of Charlotte, Pineville, mm. um, place called Command Post, and they had a little little facility set up. They had some Xboxes, some PCs and Playstations, and they would host little Rocket League tournaments, little Fortnite tournaments. And we sort of partnered with them early on, and along with that, there was just a lot of cold calling and emailing for sponsors and trying to grow... Mm-hmm. Um, Really boost to the ground kind of stuff to get hmm. off, um, get up and up and growing, and um, gradually made some headway with some sponsors, and that helped float us along in a couple areas, and you know partnered with some facilities around Charlotte to get bigger land uh, centers for us to work in, and so we gradually grew that way. And of course, as you guys know, you have to attack socials to network, get the word out, get traffic your way. And mm-hmm. so it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of hard work at the beginning. Um, of course, no money. <laughs> and, um, and then especially when the pro, the pro org, the Charlotte Phoenix was created, that really helped drive, uh, drive traffic our way. Um, because that's a lot more flashy. As you guys know, people love to watch the pro players in the big games on stream. And so we had to, um, we had to inject ourselves in that part of it at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if is was there in uh one question I wanted to ask is is was there a point that you would say you remember like that was your breaking point that was the big break that's when you knew it was going to take off whether it was a sponsor that signed up and if you don't want to or can't you know talk about the sponsor you don't have to say the sponsor specifically or if it was a deal just was there any one point that you think back and you're like yeah that that was the big one that was the first one where we all knew like this is going someplace. Yeah, I think it was when we started to grow in the places we were able to hold lands. Mm-hmm. We got more room. Uh, we partnered with. Um, I'm blanking right now. There's a oh, man. There's a guy who who runs lands down in Goldsboro. Mike with. Um, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> it'll it'll come to me. Okay. But we we partnered with with him and he, and he had already a bunch of PCs, tables, um, monitors, and so there was the equipment side of it. We we made a deal with him to be able to use equipment, but we would run the tournaments. Um, Carolina Game Summit, that's what it was. CGS mm. here in here in North Carolina. So we partnered with them. We started working together. And we got into convention centers. We've run one in a convention center down in Goldsboro, North Carolina, in Raleigh, the capital here in North Carolina. And so that's where things really started. We saw the uptick um, in socials and people inquiring about you know who we were and what we were doing because the prize pools became decent as more mm-hmm. and more people signed up and, and we got more attention and partnered with a few um sponsors along the way and they helped us fund some things i'm blanking on those as well that's okay been a while <laughs> um but yeah i'd say it was size of events that really kind of got us traction and then capped it all off 
with the Phoenix as the pro side of things. Um, this was the culmination of, of a couple different areas that really solidified it to me. And, and then communicating that to my wife as well, that, Hey, this could work and this could be a career that I could stay in and help provide and, and, you know, make a difference in moving forward. And then mm -hmm. you became GM. I mean, how did the, how did that happen? Or when did that happen? Yeah, that happened fall of last year. Ooh, congratulations. I was, yes, thank you. Um, I was working at a job with Amazon, not directly with Amazon, but it was a good job at a third-party uh, warehouse, like a fulfillment center. Okay. So, you know, Amazon has their big warehouses in various cities, and we were a smaller third-party warehouse that would help fulfill inventory to those. So I um, was working there at the time. And, you know, was at one point was, you know, looking for a, a little more pay. I was doing some, you know, if I'm being honest, I was doing some good things for the warehouse. Um, efficiency was up, workload was up, and um, mm -hmm. we had actually had a third kid on the way. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, like the, the pay is decent right now. But with the third one, uh, I was kind of starting to feel the pressure. And so, um started having some conversations with ownership at that job about pay increase and stuff. And those conversations didn't work out. And mm -hmm. I unfortunately was laid off in October of last year. Um, wow. And yeah, that was kind of a, the timing was good though. It was a sign to me that I needed to, um, you know, put my head down and pursue the Phoenix full time. Mm -hmm. And so I came in, we have, offices downtown in Charlotte and I came in and met with our our owners and I said hey I have all this free time now <laughs> I was I was helping out where I could especially on weekends and nights mm -hmm. with the Phoenix to help them when I was working but now I was like hey I'm gonna be in here full time um and more or less I told them I I wanted the Phoenix um I wanted to run day-to-day -day operations we had just had some ownership and management changes and some restructuring um, due to some things that I either can't share or don't know the full details about. Sure. But yeah, so we had some, we had some ownership and management shift around and um, the spot pretty much needed to be filled um, based on how things were going in Charlotte. The Phoenix was in a tough spot and I was like, I, you know, don't have this job anymore the timing's right uh talked <laughs> it over with my wife and we're like okay we're really good with our money and we can um we can make this work for now while i you know make things happen in that transitional period mm -hmm. and then literally just like nosedive jumped jumped in and um yeah just started tackling the day-to-day -day things learned it as quickly and as much as i could um and you know here we are talking <laughs> to players and getting teams and Mm -hmm. um, helping with branding and stuff it's it's been a crazy what would that be five or five or six months ago <laughs> yeah. november was that's yeah. around the time we we had the webinar and we had the honor to have you there mm -hmm. yeah I, as well. yeah i think it was a week to a week and a half after i was on that <laughs> webinar with you guys that i was laid off actually oh that's at that, crazy at that job i was talking with you guys on that webinar out in the parking lot at work uh, <laughs> i had gotten i had gotten off my shift um a tad early so i could make the webinar and just sat in my car on my phone and jumped in and wow yep 
I and you know what? I had a great time on there. Loved what you guys were bringing to the table. Loved talking about health and, and fitness and blending it in with esports. Um, but yeah, shortly after, I mm-hmm. all of a sudden had a bunch of free time. <laughs> That's crazy. And but, here we are. I mean, two two things. Number one is <laughs> I was at a conference, esports conference today, and one of the topics was uh, health and gaming, um, mm-hmm. a future focus topic. And I mean, I hope we made it clear in these webinars that we ran towards uh, autumn of last year. But actually, it's long overdue, and it's not something like future in esports. It's something that should have been implemented <laughs> yesterday or five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. And now, now they're saying, well, in the future, maybe we should look at health of these players. Sure, um, I agree. The second, the second thing, and we talked about it afterwards, right after the webinar. We had like half an hour where we um, exchanged on that topic. Uh, second thing is, um, I don't know if you can share these things, but um, if if there's anything that you can tell us about it, how did you gain the the trust and um, basically um, the handover from the investors and owners of uh, CLT to say, hey, you're the right person, we, we trust you and uh, we want you to uh, have the reins in your hand? Yeah, it was a long process um you know i had been in it since the the very beginning mm-hmm. and so every everyone around um that company knew who i was and it was at a it was at a lesser role uh for a long time it was event staff and um and really just not much more than that um because you know i was still working mm-hmm. and so we would have events coming up on a weekend and so i knew i'd need to be out of town for the weekend so i'd work all week go to the the event on the weekend get back in and monday morning was working again so i wasn't able to really dump in the the time needed to run the day-to-day at a at a full operational level and so (laughs) i i mean it's it was just very gradual i just once the the layoff occurred i just came in and literally showed face five days a week for nothing and and learned as quickly as I could where I could make a difference and um, just absorbing everything so that, you know, I could have a handle on everything that Phoenix was trying to do and help promote growth and, and show that I could be capable of taking this brand to another level. And, you know, I think we're, we're seeing some of that, a new Rocket League team, and we picked up a, an Apex team a few weeks ago. Um, so we're we're seeing some of that early work over the new year uh, starting to translate out into social growth and content and different things. Um, so it was just very gradual, and it's guys I already mm-hmm. knew, but just I, I had to show I was capable and I was the right fit, and and I think we're in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Really good, and I'm I'm happy. Of course, um, we have been always on, on very friendly terms and then seeing you become the GM and now uh, responsible for growing it even further. Uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us your favorite moment up until now, maybe on the on the competitive or on the on the athletic side more so than on the business side with CLT? Um, I, well, I think it I think it happened this past weekend, actually. Um, <laughs> it was very, very recent. There's been a lot of, a lot of great moments with uh, 
gaining partnerships with certain companies has always been cool and acquiring uh-huh. a team is always cool but uh-huh. within especially within game uh, my favorite moment happened on saturday our apex team was in the north american winter playoffs um uh-huh. for AL- algs and the games weren't going so well um i don't know if you know how apex competitive works they play multiple games and you 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 build up points based on your placements and kills and total mm-hmm. up and, and try and reach a certain mark. So our team wasn't really having a, a good go of it for a few rounds. And then game five hit and they changed up um, one of their legends. One of our guys went from caustic to caustic to bloodhound, which made the team a lot more of an aggressive uh, sort of meta. And they just started charging people. <laughs> and mm-hmm. They were, they were wiping <laughs> Yeah, they were wiping out team after team, and it culminated with this insane exchange with the last three squads as circles closing. And our players, you can hear them on comms, they're yelling and they're saying, get him, man, get him! And, and one of our players gets the final kill of the match with a melee, which is mm-hmm. which was which was crazy. And just listening to them <laughs> screaming, um, watching, <laughs> you know, you're the champion of that match pop up on screen, and having just signed them it was their first they played in a couple small small tournaments but this was the first like algs sanctioned tournament and it mm-hmm. was it was a 20 kill win it shot us from 16th in the lobby up to third in points mm-hmm. and we ended up finishing sixth overall in those playoffs to qualify for the the na championships in june mm-hmm. um, nice. perfect so i I have watched the end of that match um, probably a hundred times. <laughs> In the week. <laughs> yes, exactly. Listening to the players, screaming the passion and how much they cared about getting that win, their focus and the communicating with each other. It was just, it, it was quite a moment. And we're working on getting that video up on YouTube and um, getting clips for Twitter and TikTok and stuff. So that mm-hmm. moment, that game and that moment are going to be talked about for a, for a long time here in charlotte for sure that's good uh, mm-hmm. one one small question that i also had is how, like your regional reach uh, the physical one how does it extend beyond the city or is it north carolina or is it even in different states what would you say yeah um it's interesting from a pro player perspective we have players that live all over the country so mm-hmm. you know if they're if they're talking about the org out where they live then you know there's some right there um, where we have merch and, and apparel that we're selling, and we've had orders from L.A., and mm-hmm. someone just ordered from Washington State. And so <laughs> I'd say that's where the Phoenix was big because it helped give us a national brand rather than mm-hmm. an, an events company running out of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, so people tune into the stream from all over because, as you guys know, Rocket League is huge worldwide. Yes. And so we have an, a national and I'd say even an international sort of footprint um, mm-hmm. to whatever level it may be through that pro team. Um, and then kind of what I alluded to earlier with what we're trying to build here, the we're really trying to make our mark on the Carolinas North and South together with the Carolina hub where mm-hmm. we've had a few articles have gone out about it with a little information of what we're trying to do, but we're trying to make Charlotte, and in the Carolinas, I guess, as a whole, like an esports mecca, um, a hub, you know, not to be redundant, um, where it's an all inclusive, you know, maybe a land center, recruitment center, pro teams, 
merch like we're trying to we're trying to build like a small city of, of esports stuff here in charlotte <laughs> that'll impact the carolinas locally but then hopefully make our mark on the east coast and certainly the the nation uh, as mm -hmm. we continue to, to build uh, that okay mm -hmm. yep uh and then let's talk a little bit about your team so obviously at the moment you have a rocket league world of warcraft and apex team is there anything else i mean these are the public uh publicly known ones is there any other team maybe like a talent team at the moment that you have yeah those are the those are the ones we we have listed right now mm -hmm. we are of course here always scouting and, and looking at at new teams and players in other titles um mm -hmm. and having those conversations too because we're always trying to go and grow and there are some titles that we want to get into but um we have a we have a valorant roster that is really young that mm -hmm. i mean I, I think i can say yeah because we get tagged on twitter from time to time when they're playing um i'd call it more like an academy team hmm. it's mm -hmm. yeah they're really young and we were we're sort of trying them out and, and seeing what they could do on on sort of the lower tiers um because valorant is you, you better come with a big check to get into That's the top true. level of, yeah. uh, of that game um so we were playing around with a, a promising young roster and seeing what they could do. And um, so that that would be the only other one outside of the, the main three you listed uh, mm -hmm. beforehand. What's happening with Halo competitive? Is there still like a vibrant scene or is it just... Uh, Halo's, yeah, Halo's in a very stagnant point right now. <laughs> um, as much as it hurts me to say. Um, there That's were definitely... Would you say the Master Chief Collection is pretty much what is keeping it afloat? Because I feel like that's really helping them. Yeah, I t that and, you know, don't sleep on Halo 5 either. Um, it was not everyone's favorite Halo at first. <laughs> I think it made a, including myself, <laughs> it made it made a great eSport to watch with the advanced movements. And um, the pistol start was interesting, but I, I actually grew to really enjoy that. Um, I'd say both are kind of maybe barely keeping Halo's nose above water <laughs> right now. Um, there's a few Halo 5 streamers that still do okay. Um, and they, they have the Halo 5 Pro Series and MCC Pro Series that they run ever so often. So there's smaller level tournaments that uh, HCS are still um, partnering with and helping out to keep it going. Um, I, I call Halo a sleeping giant right now. Um, because with as long as it's taken Infinite to be developed and for it to come out, um, there's no way it doesn't hit the scene hard in some capacity when it releases. Um, mm -hmm. With the budget that went into it, it was like half a billion dollars went into it, at least when I first heard it was announced, um, they were dumping that much into it. Um, it's going to be free-to-play and cross-platform, and those are a couple of things that are key to the formula of the game's success, at least today. With If you look at a lot of the major titles, free-to-play, cross-platform. So it will do well, but for right now, um, I mean, we have, a, we have a Halo streamer on our content team, active. Shout-out Tim. Um, he's a mouse and keyboard <laughs> player, plays primarily Halo 3. And, um, uh, yes. Yeah. The good yes. days. I say it fondly, yes. 
Halo's Halo's <laughs> two and three. Halo's two and three have a special place in yeah. my heart and a lot of people around here as well. Um, so yeah, MCC to PC. Um, to answer your question more directly, Roman, if if MCC and Halo in general had never come to PC, um, this game would be gone. In <laughs> yeah. My, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, Halo would cease to exist if it had never come to PC. Yeah. Because the PC PC gaming is just dominating the scene right now. That goes without saying. Um, I wish I wish they would optimize Halo Five to PC. I think that would be a very smart move for Microsoft and 343 to do. Um, but it sounds like they're dumping most, if not all, efforts into Halo Infinite mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but thankfully, they all MCC did come to PC, so that we at least have a chance with Infinite to to revitalize Halo to be a relevant title again. Mm-hmm. And when when you talk about these new teams, how how do you look for talents? Uh, what what are you looking for in talents? And uh, are you more looking for individuals or for whole teams to grab up? It it depends on the game with that aspect of it, with number of players. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say it's harder to, I guess, pull a bunch of guys together that are really talented and hope they gel and hope mm-hmm. they have team chemistry. Um, because once you apply pressure to some of those those guys, um, if they're not if they don't have each other's backs, that roster that roster could be done in a week. Yeah, uh, mm. it's very common in in Call of Duty. I'm seeing it a yep. lot. Uh, Rocket League, some rosters hop around on the on the lower levels of the game. Um, so I personally like to look for entire rosters that mm-hmm. have a history together, have shown success, um, and maybe are, you know. I'm I'm not lost on where our org is in terms of tier list, though I know I'm not going to go to NRG and say, "Hey, are uh, so are Justin Garrett G and Squishy available to uh, maybe <laughs> contract talks?" Like, where we know where our reach they is. They probably are, but I mean, like, we, it, it will be expensive. As the, the number of zeros on that check is is would keep me up at night. So, <laughs> yeah, I I look for full rosters and. You know, look at I, I love Liquipedia and and showing, mm-hmm. seeing all the results and and stuff and how long a roster's been together, and then if I practical I'm able to... practical tip for all other GMs out there, sometimes people uh, from the administration of teams they share screenshots from Liquipedia, and then if you have clicked on something, of course that link has a different color, more purple-ish. And we have seen some screenshots on LinkedIn and social media where some some of the GMs are, have clicked on certain teams and players and they share it yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you do can that. see where they're looking. No, no, no. Yeah. no. no I'm, I like to keep things close to the chest until, yep. until we're and ready to announce. That's how you have to do it, right? So these, these things, uh, if possible, avoid them. Maybe, I mean, it could be game where somebody is misdirecting, but... Most of the time, no noise or no signal is better than mm-hmm. even misdirecting people. Yeah, yeah. After after a team, I like the results and maybe get a conversation. Um, I do care a lot about the the character of the players and the effort they're putting in and how much they care about mm-hmm. uh, what they're doing. And so I look on that side of it. I'm heavily focused on the player as a person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the health side of things. So you know that can be tied in anywhere. Um, yeah. But in terms of competitively. Um, I need the players to like each other, um, to have each other's back, and you know, be willing to stick together and fight through some hard times until they see mm-hmm. success. 
And maybe this is a question that doesn't get asked often, but since we have you here, um, is there any, do you have any favorable uh, stage of the person in their development? Is it post high school, uh, during their college, uh, having been pro for a while or working and doing this on the side? So is there any uh, favorable uh, situation that, that you find in, in talents or is yeah, it not with... a factor at all? Um, it depends on, I think the org itself. So like the Charlotte mm -hmm. Phoenix being a, a listed as a pro organization, um, do like to have some proven results, um, not opposed to looking at rosters that are young. So kind of the up and coming, those fringe or bubble teams. And then mm -hmm. hopefully like, you know, you hit, you hit one, right. And mm -hmm. they, they gel together and they, they start to take off and just start to, to, bully people around in the pro scene and keep them, <laughs> keep them for a while and, and build a dynasty like nrg has with their rocket league team and and other orgs have done successfully with other rosters and other titles um so it depends um it's kind of like pro sports in a way where um it's always risky to sign those older players too uh because they mm -hmm. might be on the the back end of their careers and you might have to pay more to keep someone for a shorter amount of time um, definitely so I I would say for in the case of our current Rocket League team they're very young Andy, Beast and Delta um, are all you know 19 years of age and younger um, but they've been together long enough where they have developed good chemistry and they're mm -hmm. professionals so they have some results and they're focused so it was kind of a, a, a winning formula with those guys and that's why we closed on them specifically but um yeah, all those things are taken into account because um, you know it, it's an investment, right? Of and course. You want you want a return on your investment, and you want to see them succeed as well as people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not scared away from certain young ages necessarily, um, but you do need to have a little bit of professionalism in you as a person, as well as results on the field. So a mm -hmm. lot of factors go into that decision making. <laughs> Got it. No. And you talked about health. Um, so, do you, I don't know if it's team specific or is it if it's across the board. So, what what kind of things uh, in terms of health and performance are commonplace at CLT? As of right now, I I would love for that to end up being a department itself, mm -hmm. right? Um, I I know Dark Zero, the Rainbow Six team, yep. out in Vegas, they have specific dedicated people and a budget for that right yep. Yep. um love that love that um and i think it, you alluded to it earlier it's a lot of it should have been done a long time ago and we're figuring that out now mm -hmm. and so it's still in its infancy in terms of where it's coming into into play for esports um mm -hmm. so eventually when budget is right and and we got the dedicated experts of people to do it. I want that to be its own department and definitely its dedicated area for now. Mm -hmm. As I get to know players through initial conversations and then after signing and having regular talks with them, I get to find out, you know, what they're doing on a daily basis, how they're sleeping, um, you know, what their diets are like and um, really big, especially if they're getting physical activity and, get, and getting outside. It sounds cliche, but you know, I don't have to tell you guys the results of someone who stays inside eight to 12 to 14 hours a day 
mm-hmm. doing nothing but sitting in front of a screen, it's it's very very detrimental over a long period I of mean, time. After so, this pandemic, everyone has had these at yeah. least weeks or even months where they have done it, and I think everyone can realize. Uh, we need to stay yeah. balanced. Exactly. <laughs> Humans are social creatures. And I had a quick question for you. Is there anything that you've run across uh, a lot so far? I mean, you know, since you see a lot of the, the players, is there one thing that you're like, man, I see this all the time, actually, or anything like that? In terms of uh, uh, health. Problematic. Yeah, problematic. I mean, it could be as small as like just posture or. Or, you know, a lot of uh, wrist pain or something like that. But is, is there anything that you've seen a, a ton of or you find is like the most common just off the top of your head? You're like, oh, yeah, this thing. Um, Actually, our, I'd, I'd say I'm pretty happy with the, the health of our teams right now. I'll give them credit. Um, one of our Rocket League guys is, you know, plays soccer at a high level. Um, <laughs> beast Abonium, like the name speaks for itself. He is a beast, man. Hits the gym hard. Um. So I truthfully I can say I, I think our teams are in good health and awesome. are are focused on that. Um, I'd I'd say just from a problematic side, I just see it from a very um, surface level, sort of obvious side of things where you don't have to explain to anyone that sitting in front of your computer, like you said, Marcel, during the pandemic for weeks on end we've seen those problems arise. So I, I pay attention to it from a general standpoint. I have no concerns about my teams specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will even say a, a chiropractor that I, I see regularly for myself, she has said that she has seen an increase in young patients coming in to get work done from sitting at a PC um, mm-hmm. it, with posture and wrist stuff. So it is increasing because of the quarantining. Um, combined i think with just the growth of gaming in general more and more kids are starting at younger and younger ages the kids are getting pcs at eight nine ten years old to play fortnite and minecraft and yes and, and now they get pushed by their parents which is very different from our early 2000s experience <laughs> exactly yeah so very happy with the the charlotte pro teams right now um mm-hmm. and we we meet that out front with them right we we get ahead of the issue yep. uh, rather than trying retroactively um, it's good. correcting something so yeah it's it's good to have the upfront stuff i mean um, for any kind of organization or system you want to do it right upfront because modifying something and fixing errors in a working system in a running one uh, infinitely harder agreed and then you got kids young kids going for gaming chairs which are have turned into like one of my uh, personal enemies that i'm maybe maybe we have some stuff down the line uh, on our side as a solution on the gaming chair debate but we will see but yeah gaming chairs are almost all the gaming chairs are just garbage for ergonomics and they're becoming so popular nowadays that it's just really sad um yeah they feel good at first <laughs> <laughs> and especially the kids they go more by you know what 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 do they see looks and, and stuff like that you know um so as far as Charlotte, North Carolina, is there anything big that you're planning on happening, possibly hoping on happening? Like, uh, I know I haven't seen a lot of VR or AR. Have, have you guys looked into that at all? We've, we've explored it and we've, we've kind of 
research the track of those moving forward. Um, don't have anything in the works yet, um, but we've talked to a few people who are heavily involved in that space. And, you know, we, a lot of people do think VR especially is going to be big um, in the future just as people want to become more and more immersed into their gaming experiences. So we're definitely paying attention to that. Um, but nothing in motion right now to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. Teams in VR games. Or, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, not. There's not much to do in VR really, and that's why yeah. it's more like we're waiting. Someone's waiting for the next big idea. You know, to yeah. what to do with <laughs> VR kind of. We talked about it internally. Yeah. I mean, fighting games would be great. Yeah. And- I'd say the closest thing to it right now, and it's not completely VR because there's actually an action going on but the drone racing mm-hmm. um the guys are they're wearing headsets and they're they're mm-hmm. technically mm-hmm. remote controlling although yep. it's happening in real life they're still sitting down wearing that headset so at least that the first thing i think of and and maybe like racing games probably have some mm-hmm. some vr headsets but yes yeah yeah and people forget that i mean just dance is actually quite a nice first dipping their toe into into basically moving as a comp- like video games with movement and making it kind of competitive so right i'm a, i mean i don't play it myself but i'm a fan of the principle oh, that we just know you play it marcel <laughs> we found i might play it pleasure. after in, in a saturday night after a few beers yeah. he, he, he puts a stream up he's got the the plush animals and he does the dance and <laughs> It's we all know. All the just dance. Hey, everyone has their thing secretly. Yeah, he's got to make money on the side somehow. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's a side hustle. Um, I mean, what I'm also very interested in, probably a lot of people, is uh, what's the current status on the facility? Is it is it finished? Is it probably not open to public right now? So, can you tell us a little bit about that one? There's in terms of the hub. Or, or the plans for those things? Um, yes. Not, nothing Nothing quite yet. I know our owner has um, looked into some different areas uh, around the city that might work for something like that. And we do have some early concept stuff in the works with designers and investors right now. Uh, the only physical location having to do with Charlotte Esports um, with us is a multi-office space downtown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have great internet here fiber business fiber internet so Ooh. we all enjoy that yeah nice and we um we have some pcs in here shout out to to intel mm. and hyperx <laughs> oh as some couple of partners yeah that have sent us some equipment that we get to work on and, and play with so really appreciate that and so we have a good little setup here as we're continuing to grow but in regards to the hub and and the esports mecca we're building here nothing you can go to yet so be sure to stay okay. tuned and and check out. Um, we sure you know, will. <laughs> esports news and esports journal and stuff have, have talked about. Where it would you um, inform people? Is it on Twitter? Is it on LinkedIn? Where, where would people know about it in terms for, of for channel? Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, def- Twitter would be, you know, our our quickest source to update things and and our most um, most accessible. I think to people in okay. this industry, Twitter is really fast to get stuff up and out there. And I think our account, we've retweeted a couple things that have come out about the hubs plans and stuff, but okay. as, as things continue to grow Twitter and, and we're trying to get better at some other platforms too, um, to get word out 
you'll see it there mm -hmm. probably first. Okay. Right. And stuff like that. Nice. Or so. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is almost ties to what you talked about with uh, uh, performance and the health regime that your players individually or, or as a team have without, of course, uh, needing to do much because they're on a quite uh, sufficient level right now. Um, the the most professional or mature player you have encountered doesn't have to be from your own team just to mm. see who you have seen and what made a good impression on you yeah again i'm gonna give props to, to my players here uh to start um that's a big part of why they're here um mm -hmm. you have to be able to you have to be able to communicate with not only people you do know but people you don't know over a call or via email and stuff and i've appreciated the promptness and the professionalism that my players on our rosters have had um mm -hmm. so wanted to shout them out first um there's been a couple of other people um i can't think off the top of my head get one one fun thing about this is reaching out and getting to um to meet and talk to a lot of people uh, in the scene other players and other um org owners and you know, we've dealt with a talent agency before. So mm -hmm. there, I think, obviously, with gaming in the minds of the, the general public moving more from a hobby into a real viable business, the professionalism is going up across the board. So had a lot of great conversations with people so far uh, when scouting for teams. So we've talked to multiple Rocket League rosters. I've spoken to a few Apex rosters. Um, uh know some guys in the halo scene so um i, I can't narrow one down specifically i'm again mm -hmm. again i'll give the credit to, to my players then <laughs> for an <laughs> official answer but i'd say it's cool to see esports becoming uh serious now in in mm -hmm. business and, and the industry so professionalism is going up um i'd say across the board that's good to hear <laughs> we like that one yeah. Um, and in terms of streamer, is there anybody that you say, hey, this streamer is just awesome and you want to give them a shout out? Let's take somebody not from your team. <laughs> not from my team. Oh, yeah. man. Um, I really want an Apex streamer. So I've I've reached out to one. So I'll, I'll give her a shout out. She goes by, her name is Nikki. She goes by <laughs> Baby Nikki. Um, her, her boyfriend, Wheat, is actually pro player for NRG in Apex. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a couple of email exchanges with her and she was very pleasant and nice to, to interact with. And, um, she's also very good at the game and a great, mm -hmm. great interactive creator. Um, and so props to her for her success and, and hope to cross paths with her again in the future. Um, to possibly, you know, see if she'd be interested in, in a deal sometime. But um, yeah, she's one specifically that I've talked the most with in the Apex scene, which is my main pursuit right now because Apex viewership is uh, steadily climbing again. So um, Apex creators do very well, and she was one that is also doing well. So best of luck to her moving forward. She's she was a very nice person to to deal with. Mm -hmm. That's that's great to hear. So, 
yeah, you're having your eyes out, obviously, which is good. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's also good to, to see that there's up-and-coming creators and pro players that are um, definitely worth having a look out. Yeah, I know. It, and, I mean, is there any... Uh, advice you would give to someone that's wanting to look into getting into esports you know maybe someone listening and they're like man that that would be cool uh let's go with a player i'd say anything that you would say to do yeah if you're if you're an aspiring competitive player whether you know it be in rocket league or a shooter halo apex um definitely um be professional I'll, I'll say this to start based on our, our last conversation um, because that makes it a lot easier and makes someone who's in upper management with an org or a talent agency or something, uh, it makes it a lot easier for them to communicate with you and, and understand your pursuits. Um, and, you know, without blanket statement, you know, of just grind your game, um, <laughs> more in line of kind of what we're talking about definitely be a well-rounded individual as well as someone who's doing well in your space um Mm -hmm. not only that professionalism but you know balance it with your school and your health and stuff so because i i truly believe that translates into your game if you're a healthy person you're going to perform at a high level yes so focus (laughs) on your health don't necessarily listen to the person that's saying grind 24 7 play 18 hours a day you know that's that's not always going to work um and then i'd say be critical of yourself and be willing to to notice your own mistakes talking about more in-game here uh, review your own film uh, go back and see where you can improve and where you go ah yeah i, I should have gone in this direction on this map and help my teammates out with this rotation that sort of stuff. If you're an intellectual player, I think that's going to take you to another ear of a competitor aside from just your raw talent. Um, so yeah, be be a mentalist uh, okay. within your game. Um, awesome. I, I certainly am favorable towards towards that. I love the ins and outs of games on on a mental side of things. Not only just the crazy, you know, reactionary plays you see on the clips. Um, so. Just all, all in all, be a well-rounded individual, and um, also get yourself out there. Network, you gotta have socials, mm-hmm. post your content, um, YouTube. It sounds like Twitter, look into Instagram. esports. I think it sounds like you were surprised to find there was esports. So maybe just also just do a quick Google search wherever you are and find if there's anything at all local. Probably. Exactly. Don't don't be afraid to reach out. To anyone um the worst you can get is a sorry we're not you know looking for players or creators in that space right now and and move on to the next one um you know as you build your gaming resume um it's also not hard for people to take notice either as you get better in a game you'll end up in better and better lobbies and who knows who you might run into in those games and and your name could spread um but yeah if, if you find something local reach out get involved in some capacity um, because showing face is also really important and and your name and your face will spread that way so just jump in don't be afraid to jump in cool perfect uh marcel you have any other questions jason yeah we can we can do one more i think uh, we're closing in to an hour um just personally like 
it doesn't have to be Charlotte Phoenix related again. So what, what kind of thing are you looking forward in terms of gaming in 2021? We're one quarter in. Uh, getting back to the lands, the, mm -hmm. the live, live gaming, um, a lot of org and, uh, games themselves took a hit due to, uh, the virus. And it's just very unfortunate for everyone. Um, definitely can speak on that in not only from an org standpoint, but watching Apex specifically was devastated to see a roadmap of lands that were planned out get canceled. Mm. Um, so definitely looking forward to those live events. Um, you know, Rocket League Worlds are up in the air. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if they've already yes. been canceled or or not not yet. Um, we are all too last year. <laughs> uh, That was devastating to a lot of people. Um, it happened already with Apex. Um, those championships I mentioned earlier, it was supposed to be a global championship um, with a million-dollar prize pool, and that got split up to online and regional. And those prize pools went down a little bit. So that's in the in the forefront of my mind, getting into to big stadiums again and, and mm -hmm. getting that crowd and fan hype and live casting and stuff is, is number one thing. Um, I'd say for Charlotte, uh, we're... We'd love to get into some more titles. Um, we'd love to see a Call of Duty team. We love Valorant. Um, so we're constantly looking at those players. On, on the fighting game side, is there anything that you consider? We, not me specifically, we have people in office who are more interested in those that have have kind of perused those titles. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a couple, I'd say, what would you call them? There are groups in Charlotte that are dedicated to that and host many tournaments and stuff. So, um, so no one I've spoken to specifically, but um, there's, you know, people are surprised when you open up into a new genre of gaming and you find out how many people love it. Like, for a while, we had no idea how big mobile gaming was in a lot yeah. of spaces. Um, mobile gaming is still doing very well. So it just takes exploring. It takes reaching out and meeting the right people. And um, you never know what you could find yourself into. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Then we hope for a good year and that we have we return to lands for sure. <laughs> That's a big one. We hope <laughs> oh, yeah. that the new Halo game is going to be worthwhile with Infinite. Yep. Hopefully. And yeah, looking forward to seeing what kind of games you. Uh, have your hands in in the near future. Oh, yeah, we're always pushing, so keep an eye out. We'll we will we'll grow. Sure. We'll continue to grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want to see. Well, thank you again right. for taking a little time to uh, speak to us today, Jason. Absolutely, had a blast. Enjoy talking with you guys. Thanks for the invite, for sure. No problem. And yeah, thank you for having the time for us. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, once again, it was awesome meeting you back in our, our webinar, and hopefully we'll uh, be able to talk again in the future. Absolutely. See you guys later. <laughs>